Welcome to the Sports Ball Ramble. My name is Shane Migulski, and well, I've been back now. I've been back. Uh, I was on vacation with my family. I was unable to uh, cover last week. My sincerest apologies. Um, I am back now, and uh, I know this has kind of been. I've been kind of getting back in the swing of things. I know this. Is, um, I'm recording this actually late on Thursday. Uh, night and I'm gonna be busy this weekend. I'm gonna visit my sister up in Binghamton, so uh, that's kind of been something I'm gonna be uh, doing. So I'm gonna try to also record the uh, uh, record the what's the word for? It? I'll record the picks and then put them up later in um, this weekend. But anyways, I uh, I'm basically in a situation right now. I do want to cover. I do want to cover what happened last week. I'm not covering. I again, like I said, I'm, I'm gonna cover week eight. I won't cover week seven because. Uh, just too far in the past, and I don't want to really go through that many games at this point. Um, I will also talk about some Thursday night football, and I do want to discuss the impact of that right now. Um, I will discuss that today, actually. But I do want to cover um, the week. Uh, before I do that, I want to cover the week eight games, and I do want to start off with uh, the uh, the Dolphins uh, Texans game, which was a Thursday night matchup, which I know it was the previous Thursday night matchup, and that game was just. I mean, it was just a game. It was honestly one of those games that you watch and you're like, that why that wasn't really competitive. Because here's the thing, it was Deshaun Watson, a guy who was very competitive as an NFL quarterback, um, and, and definitely showed the guy is back. They're five and three, they've won five straight games. Um, and now a team that's won five straight games is just dominating the league right now. It's just they're, they're right now they're very much AFC South contenders. They are very much they're in the lead right now. They were zero and three, and now they are they went from bottom of the cellar to the lead halfway through the season, and now we are going into a situation where they can very there's a path for them. There's a path for them not just to to win the division but to make the Super Bowl. The, the, the Texans suddenly have an open door, and even with serious injuries, there's an open door. And uh, they recently made a trade for Demarius Thomas during the trade deadline. Good for them. Good for them for making that trade. That was such a good trade for them to make. Demarius Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins for Deshaun Watson. That team is scary. That team is super scary. That's a team you do not want to screw with. That is honest to God. Yeah, that's that's one of those matchups. And I do want to say that that's good for the Texans. Texans are just primed. On the other end of the spectrum, a team that was doing well in the beginning of the season and now partially due to Brock Osweiler. By the way, Brocktober is gonna go into uh Brocktober is gonna go into November because he is start Brock uh, Brock Osweiler is gonna start against the Jets. It's clear it's because Ryan Tannehill does not feel well. It's clear it's still an injury related thing because he is not Brock Brock Osweiler has not played in the last few weeks like he should be the starter over Ryan Tannehill. He has played in the last few weeks like Ryan Tannehill needs to rush back because otherwise their season's done. And their season's probably done. But they, he needs to rush back if they want any shot of salvaging this because he's not giving him opportunities. So, yeah, no. And it was just blowout. It was just It's just a poorest defense against an offense that is just such on the rise right now. So, yeah, that's pretty much what the Thursday night one. It was kind of a boring Thursday night. Kind of showed some interesting storylines, though, and I will say that. All right, Eagles-Jaguars. Eagles-Jaguars. Uh, this game is in London. It was a morning game. Yay, morning football. We love morning football. Uh, but, yeah, no, Eagles-Jaguars. And I remember 
uh, when I uh, was going, I was on the plane. I was getting, I was wait, watch. I was about to go on the plane back home when this game was going on, and I remember very vividly that I just, I remember just watching. I was just watching this in the airport. It was just kind of interesting because the Jaguars were initially like they had this, and the Eagles recovered, and it was just, it was a little bit of back and forth. It was a good, it was a good uh, London game for. The crap they got uh, the previous week, if I'm not mistaken. No, not the, no. it wasn't the previous week. Two weeks ago. Uh, or the, you, you know what I'm talking about. The Seahawks one. Yeah, the Seahawks-Raiders game. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, no. For two weeks ago. Last week was interesting. This week was also interesting. Um, Jaguars, they're looking like chumps right now. They are 100% looking like chumps. They're Saxonville is, is uh, should be in quotes. Because right now it doesn't matter if they have Saxonville. Blake Bortles is still Blake Bortles, and Blake Bortles is, um, despite the good place references, are not really helping out anyone. I will say that the Eagles are just dominating right now, and uh, now I wouldn't say dominating. I mean dominating by NFC East standards, which is just kind of lightly doing. It's doing moderately well. It's it's doing moderately well. They're doing moderately well. They're doing they're they're they have like a nice safe job as a doctor. They're the doctor of the of the NFC East in a world of billionaires and athletes and everything they're like a doctor they're like you know what they're making good money they're not making superstar money but they're making good money that's what they are doing right now is the, if the Eagles are if we want to go into an occupational reference that's it I mean that's all I really have with the Eagles game I mean it was a good close game there's not really there's not really a ton of competition for their division at this point the, uh, the Redskins will get into maybe a little bit uh, the Cowboys, uh, to some extent, to some extent, I'm not gonna, I, I, but I would, but probably the Redskins. Redskins are probably the biggest, probably the biggest threat. Although, granted, they're not. Yeah, I wouldn't call them a threat by any means. I think this is this is Eagles Redskins though, pretty much at this point, because the other two teams have played so questionable. Uh, Panthers Ravens, uh, Cam Newton went off. Cam Newton went off. Joe Flacco. He needs to just if Joe Flacco wants to stay a Raven, he needs to start playing clutch. This guy needs to go into the next eight games and play for his life. He needs to be playing for a wild card. Because I'm looking at the I'm going into the AFC battle halfway through. That AFC, um, from a wild card standpoint, I think is now very much wide open. I mean, the Chargers are competitive, the Raiders are competitive. Um I mean, Chargers, Ravens. I don't think it's in any. I don't think it's coming out of the AFC South. I'll be completely honest with you. I don't think of. I do think one wild card is going to come out of. There's definitely one in the AFC North. I don't know if the AFC East is going to have a wild card. I don't know about that at this point. I think that's questionable too. And I don't know about the and definitely not the Raiders. But the Chargers are competitive. The Broncos are competitive. And then I think the Ravens are competitive. And somewhat the Browns, but probably more more the Ravens because the Browns have looked question, more questionable. I will say it's. This that for that sixth spot is looking a little more wide open, and it's I think it is safe to say, unless you're you're being a team coached by John Gruden right now, you're you're still got a shot at it. I think you still have a chance to be able to take that sixth slot. I think especially for some of the lower teams, uh, you need to rally. They're gonna need a they need to get their rally caps on. I mean the Colts though, Colts are also recovering. I guess the Colts are in it. They might be able to pull it out. Um, Jets and Dolphins though are playing like crap, so I'm not. I would say if Buffalo surprisingly, I think might have the best chance of the group, despite um, their last two losses. And I will get into their last loss it, it, towards the end of this. 
But yeah, I think this is still very much... Joe Flacco, though, needs to turn on the charm if he wants to stay a Raven, though. On the other hand, Cam Newton... If you weren't in a division by Drew Brees right now, you'd be winning. You'd be so winning that division because the Falcons are playing like garbage. And the uh, even though they were on the bye, they found a way to still lose. And the Buccaneers... We'll get to the Buccaneers soon enough of why Buccaneers are having serious problems. But yeah, the Panthers, they're, they're, play, they're playing for wild card at this point. It's just the way Drew Brees is playing. That's that's it. It's it's only because of Drew Brees. You're gonna be they're gonna be a high wild card, but they're gonna be a wild card. Uh, Broncos Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes looks like a beast. Almost lost this game, but Mahomes still looks like a beast. Uh, Broncos played well given the Broncos defense played well given the circumstances. Um, uh, they traded away Demarius Thomas, um, but Case Keenum looked okay. Looked fine. Um, again. They're they're in the wild card hunt for whatever reason, but and they played a tough team. They're definitely not winning the division. I think in the AFC North, the I'm sorry, the AFC North might be the only division in the AFC that isn't really locked up by that much because it might be Bengals, might be Steelers, but every other division, it's looking, it's trending towards Texans, Chiefs, Patriots. Like those are the three teams at this point. It's trending that way. The Colts are looking a little more competitive, but it's probably the Texans. So yeah, but the, but in terms of the Broncos, they're playing fine. They they have the pieces. They have the pieces to 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 take a wild card spot. I don't. They gotta they gotta fight for it, but they have the pieces. But anyways, uh, let's get into the next game, which is the Brown Steelers game. Last game, the, the they played week one, ended in a tie. They famously ended in a tie. Steelers though just handily took them out, thirty three eighteen. Browns Browns looked promising to begin the year. They at least looked like oh wow, this team's gonna be more competitive. It has been. It's still not going to make the postseason by any means, but it's been more competitive. And the Steelers, despite its flaws, and by the way, um, they had the uh, the Steelers have done well. They did well in this game. They won the game. They still have serious internal issues. That's that's not a good sign for them. I feel like I feel like they're going to get a playoff spot, and it's going to be a wasted playoff spot because they're just there's just so much dysfunction going on. Although I did say that about the Patriots, and they did make the Super Bowl, so I, I don't know what I know. Uh, but anyways, I will say that they did. Um, they didn't trade Le'Veon Bell during the trade deadline. Um, I didn't realize this, but apparently, uh, the the Steelers need him to sign the tender in order for him to be traded, and he did not. So he was unable to be traded because he would not come in. So that's great. Um, he's got. He's probably coming back after the bye. I said it. He's probably waiting till week ten. He's gonna wait till week ten, play the minimum, and then that way he gets to. Uh, he plays the minimum, and that way he gets to absorb the minimal nature of his contract, play for the lowest amount of money he can, and just make sure he has fresh legs for the next season. So, yep, that was a statement. It's clearly working. Although, although I don't think the, although the Steelers seem to have a plan after you, so they're going to be less willing to take you back. But I don't think that's I don't think they care. And the Browns, I think they're just they're they got some they're doing fine. I think they could use a couple more defensive elements. They're not getting Nick Bosa, but there there's a. There is a good defensive uh, bank of players they can go for in the in the draft. They have they have shown that the offense just needs a little more time to get it together. But I think they they're they're showing more promise for the for next season. Um, okay, next game Seahawks Lions. Uh, Seahawks, you know what? LA is going to win that division, and I'm sorry for the Seahawks fans, but the Seahawks are are playing like they're going to compete for a wild card. That that is a division where. By the way, I will say the NFC wild card race is gonna be interesting because, first of all, that wild card's not coming out of the, no wild cards coming out of the NFC. There's no way. 
Um, the Panthers are looking like they can, can play, they're playing for a wild card right now. Packers are looking like they're playing for a wild card. The Vikings, despite the loss this week, and I'll get into that, they're looking like they're playing for a wild card. Um, I'm saying Packers, of the, of the three, Packers, Vikings, Bears, one's going to win the division, the other two are going to get the wild cards. It's probably the, I, although I'm suspecting the Bears might pull the division out. Um, so, but the, there's two teams there, and then there's the Seahawks, who are probably, and they're probably the four teams that are really competing at this point, because the Cardinals and 49ers are no way, no way. I don't think the Falcons have anything, and the Bucks, they're just, there's just too many issues with them. But anyways, those are the four teams I think are playing for two spots. And uh, but the Seahawks are making it competitive. They beat the Lions handily. Um, you know what? And I I remember this was Golden Tate's last game as a uh, a Golden Tate was this his last game as a Lion because he was traded. Uh, he now plays for the Eagles. He he now plays for the Eagles. So the Eagles are now kind of getting a good weapon in him. And uh, I mean. Carson Wentz does need another weapon, I think, at this point. The offense does need to get a little bit more going. Yes, 24 points is nice in that, but the Eagles have need to score more. I mean, they're doing fine. They're doing moderately well, but uh, it's just not good enough for the defense for long-term, otherwise speaking, so they really just need to pull this one out. They just need to be able to get... Uh, yeah, I mean, they're scoring like 17, 20. They're getting moderate scores, but they can't... It, with their defense, they're just, they can't afford moderate scores. But anyways, uh, Lions, they're just, at this point, I feel like the Lions are just destined to be in a rebuild soon. Until they realize they need to strip the team for parts, they're, they're in trouble. Um, next game, Buccaneers-Bengals. The Buccaneers finally got the right sense. First of all, after this game, they did lose by three, but they're now back to Fitzpatrick. Thank God. Winston is done. Winston is done. There's, barring a Fitzpatrick injury, Winston is done in Tampa Bay. He's not competing again in Tampa Bay. He's done. They're going to not take up his option. Um, he, they got options. They got options on hand, how to handle that. But and I'll go into a, and I'll go into a key one at the end of this video, um, at the end of this podcast. But the Bengals pulled this game out. Nice close battle. They dominate against Winston, and then Fitzpatrick turns on the charm, gets some nice long bombs the Fitzpatrick way, and again. The Buc- Fitzpatrick's going to make the Buccaneers uh, no pushover. They're not going to be a pushover. They're, they're going to play the Panthers next week. That's not a gimme for the Panthers by any means. Under Fitzpatrick, not a gimme. He he has shown the ability that, to get that offense going. That is, the Panthers' defense needs to take that team seriously for next week. Under Winston, no. But Fitzpatrick, yeah. And Bengals, again, like I said with the Steelers, they are very competitive. They're very, very much in the race. Um... Andy Dalton is playing very competent football. Joe Mixon was very helpful in that game. Good for them. Uh, but yeah, they're again they're in a very much in a good situation. Uh, uh, like I've said, and again, a couple teams I really talked about already: uh, Jets and Bears. Bears, they're they won this game handle. Uh, kind of they won this game pretty good. Sam Darnold couldn't get anything going. He, he didn't get hurt. He didn't get Khalil Mack didn't come in, so they didn't get. He didn't just get outright murdered, but uh, still he didn't get seriously injured, but. Yeah, twenty four to ten. Just didn't need Khalil Mack. No Khalil Mack. It was twenty four to ten. Thank God. You they're probably thankful. It would have probably been thirty eight to ten if it wasn't if Khalil Mack is in that game because he would have found a way to turn more two more touchdowns with uh, with uh, Sam Darnold. But yeah, that game that that's uh, that's a game they won handily at, at in in Chicago and uh, the Jets. Again, there's still a lot of flaws with the Jets. They're probably not going to be able to pull it out this season. Um, despite their record, they're gonna they're gonna be fighting for a uh, draft position at this point. And the Bears, Bears are looking like a playoff team by all means. Um, they go against Buffalo this week. 
I listen, don't necessarily count out Buffalo for this game. They're not the favorites, but don't count out Buffalo. They're, the Bears are definitely the favorites, I mean, but they're, but yeah, don't count out Buffalo for that game. That's a game, if you saw the Vikings game in week three, you know they're capable. And that defense is nothing to joke about. But I'll get into more on the Buffalo argument later. Uh, Redskins-Giants, 2013. Um, Eli Manning needs to go. Again, they're just, no, they just, there's nothing else they can say. Eli Manning's done. He can't score. He can't get that offense going. So Bar- Quan Barkley and OBJ can only do so much. And, uh, yeah, you can blame the coaching. Yes, you can blame transition. Eli's just... Sorry, I'm sorry, Eli. You're just I, I think it's time to put you out the pasture. You got two nice Super Bowl runs. Um it's it's kinda sad because right now I, I've said it, I think he needs one more to get in the Hall of Fame. I think he need he might need one more Super Bowl MVP to get in the Hall of Fame, and I don't think he's gonna get it. He's not gonna come close. I think he's gonna be a very interesting case when it comes to Canon. He might get in, he might not. I mean he has two titles, but he's had very he's very like hit or miss he's he's a very much a boomer bust quarterback and right now he's not he's very much busting at this point so and uh alex didn't need to do that much they're surprisingly competitive um yeah not much else i can say about this game it's a close game against two teams who probably won't be in the postseason maybe the red maybe the redskins are able to overcome the eagles i guess but probably not all right now i'm about to get into two there we're gonna get into four o'clock games Two of which were tankables, and then I'm going to save the last one as the as the premier matchup. But let's go into the tank bowls. Uh, Colts Raiders. I shouldn't really call this a tank bowl anymore. At least the Raiders, for all intents and purposes, are tanking. I will get into why, but or I will get into later in a why uh, that's definitely true at this point. But the Colts are 42-28. Andrew Luck had a day. Andrew Luck in the offense is looking like they're back. The Colts are able to overcome some significant flaws. They're rallying to some extent. Um, again, like I said, the Colts are in from a divisional standpoint. They are, they are honestly three and five, but they're they're I think they're 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 rallying. They're winning more games. They're on a two game winning streak. They're doing well. Uh, again, like I said, their their team is better than the record. Um. But yeah, the Ravens again. The Ravens, I said it before, they were four. Okay, so they're four and four. I thought they were they were three and five. It's all right. So four and four, uh, they are they're generally doing fine. They're generally doing fine. But yeah, I think. But in terms of the of the Redskins Giants though, uh, Redskins actually. I'm sorry. I should. I'm sorry. I thought the Eagles were in the lead. The Redskins are in the lead. I should. I I now looking at the standings. The Redskins are in the lead. Five to two. Eagles are four and four. Cowboys are three and four. Surprisingly speaking. Giants are done. Yeah, Giants are they're tanking for this season at this point. Um, but yeah. Yeah, Redskins are basically in there. Colts, though. Colts are 42. They're in a position to possibly overtake the on the AFC South. Raiders, on the other hand, are uh Yeah. Raiders are just tanking. I mean, and their car is looking like his future is questionable at best in Oakland. So or possibly Vegas. I don't know. I think it's at least two years, so yeah, I think they're, the Raiders are going to be in there next year. So, uh, Oakland. Oakland for 2019, and then 2020, I think it's Vegas. But anyways, Cardinals, 49ers. Uh, two other teams who are in tank are in a tank bowl. Um, by the way, in this podcast, both, uh, both the 49ers and Cardinals won. Cardinals won this game, and then the 49ers won the Thursday night game. So, uh, they, they're kind of both 
they're both now up a game from uh, when they started this week. But the Cardinals won this game uh, in a close battle. Uh, jo- Josh Rosen got a clutch t- touchdown, which I-, I think is a positive sign. But somehow Josh Rosen doing that was the jo- most Josh Rosen thing you can do as he basically hurt the team, a team that was already out for the season, basically, basically already done. There was no way they were going to make the playoffs. And he basically gave them a little bit of morale, but they also hurt their draft slot. So I don't know if that was that great. 49ers, on the other hand, um, you know what, C.J. Beathard did his best, but and then he got hurt, and uh, again, we're going to talk about his replacement in a moment, but yep, that was probably, that that, that somehow made both teams uh, hurt, probably hurt their both their draft slots in that game. I'm, I'm kind of surprised how both teams lost that tank bowl in the long run on that one, but yeah, Cardinals won 18-15. Uh, good game for the Cardinals. Good thing they have something to cheer about in Arizona. It doesn't seem like there's that much they can cheer about right now. All right. Rams and Packers. Um, this is the premier matchup. Rams almost, almost lost their undefeated season. 29-27. to They get a touchdown. I remember this game. Uh, Todd Gurley had a day. Uh, the, 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 the Rams offense was going well. Aaron Rodgers was doing all he could. And then... Here's what happens. So the Rams are up. They get there were two minutes left in the game. They're only up by like two points. This is 29-27, like this, the final score. And they kick it off back to the Packers. With two minutes left. Time enough for Aaron Rodgers to make a two-minute drill to a field goal, win the game by 30-29. That's looking like the narrative. The Packers told Ty Montgomery, kneel. Kneel in the ball, take it in the end zone, take the touchback. Ty Montgomery takes the ball out. Runs it out, fumbles the ball, and prevents Aaron Rodgers from getting it back. Aaron Rodgers was furious. The Packers organization was furious. He burned a lot of bit bridges in Green Bay. So much so that he had to be traded. Yeah, that's not... I mean, he made... He, I mean, if you remember Bostick uh, uh, from a couple uh, from the NFC Championship game, you can't stay there once you fumble the football in a key game like that against a high-powered team. They will remember that. You you just made enemies. You they make you made murder enemies there. Yeah, they're they're gonna they're going to kill you what next time they see you. You're you're grateful that they trade you to Baltimore. Baltimore, team that needs running back help, but probably not in the way that they got that. Oh God help you. But yeah, you pretty much hurt your credibility with that time, Montgomery. I'm sorry. But yeah. That was a rough game for uh, the Packers fans, and I, I get it. It was a bitter pill to swallow, but the Rams are undefeated. They're 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 clearly they're title contenders by all means. They they're dominant. Even if they got a little lucky in that game, they're dominant. Although I will say this game does make the Rams look beatable in the postseason. It does. It makes them look beatable in the postseason. This is not a team I think will go will stay undefeated throughout. If they st- if they go sixteen and zero, I'm almost confident they will not make the title game. I'm almost confident they will not be in the in the Super Bowl. As a Bills fan, by the way, I would be fine with them going 17-0. Or not, not only, I'm sorry, 16-0 and then go undefeated through the Super Bowl. I'm and winning. I'm fine with that. I'd be fine with that. Patriots wouldn't have their smug moment. I'm fine with them saying, okay, well, they get the first season. Let the NFC, uh, the NFC deal with their crap. I'm fine with that. That is fine. All right, now let's get into the Sunday night game. 30-20 Saints over Vikings. Saints, Drew Brees looks like a beast. Uh... He ends up doing he ends up doing Drew Brees things. Alvin Kamara has a huge day. The Vikings defense doesn't do well. Although granted, it was a tough Sunday night matchup. 
Um, Saints, again, they're looking like they're going to win that division. They are. I mean, they're listen, the Panthers are a very competitive team, but by all means, it's a 6-1 with Drew Brees. I'm sorry. They're 6-1 with Drew Brees. Panthers are 5-2, and two, and I'll give them credit. And I'll actually, and I know I said earlier that the Falcons and Buccaneers were out of it. They're 3-4. and four. They're more competitive than I expected them to be. And the Lions are also to an extent, too, because they're also 3-4. and four. I mean, there, there are teams there that are more competitive than they look, but I still think that there's, there's serious issues with those teams that they're just not going to be able to pull it out. But anyways, um, good for the Saints. They pulled that game out, offensive showing. Kirk Cousins have done... Kirk Cousins have been fine. I mean, they're 4-3-1. and one. They're doing fine with Kirk Cousins. They're still very competitive. They could be more competitive. And the, if it wasn't for the Khalil Mack trade, I feel like the Bears would still be... They'd be in the basement still. I feel, Not in the basement, but I would say they would be... This would be more leaning towards the Vikings. They're, that Khalil Mack right now is looking more and more... It depends how far the Bears get this postseason, maybe. But Khalil Mack might be the catalyst to the Bears' success. And the $100 million, just for this season alone, might be worth it. If they make a title run this season, then it, or if they get to a Super Bowl because they made that trade... And honestly, I genuinely believe that that trade alone might be the catalyst that gets them to a Super Bowl run. Yeah, no, that that's looking more and more like that was worth the money. That was so worth the money for them at this point. It was so worth the money. It was so worth the draft picks. It's such to get them to get some to get some national pride and recognition for that. Even if the next few seasons go awry for one way or another, they're they're probably set up for a good situation. All right. Monday night, Patriots Bills twenty five to six. This game was way closer than the final score because the game was twelve to six at entering the fourth quarter. It was twelve to six. Buffalo only needed a touchdown to win the game or to take the lead at the end of the third quarter, and that's a testament of the Bills defense because they kept the Patriots to field goals for three whole quarters. This is why, even at two and seven. Yeah, I'm sorry. Even at two and six, Buffalo has still got like some hope left to win games this season against teams like the Jets and Dolphins, who have shown some serious inefficiencies. Because the Bills' defense is a nightmare to deal with. It's arguably one of the best defenses in the league. the The reason why they have not been able to win games is because they have no offense. They, I mean, look at their last final score: six, six. It was uh, they had they scored six and one five. And then uh, 13. The le- and then they scored 12, 13 and again in the... Not 12. 13 again in their win against the Titans. The last time they scored any significant points. At any point. Like the last time the Bills scored anything significant in terms of points. Was week 3 I believe. Because they scored 23. And then they scored 0 against the Packers. They scored 27 against the Vikings. That was the last time they scored more than 20 points in a game. They need to take against the Bears and just they got to change the narrative with Peterman. They got to change that narrative. I know that I know this is a team that likes to play ugly football. They got to try to change the narrative to give some fans some hope, because right now that team that offense looks like that needs to be rebuilt from the ground up. It, like I'm not even joking. Like yeah, you have Josh Allen. Yeah, you have Zay Jones playing okay. I don't, but I don't, and maybe you have uh, Chris Ivory, Marcus Murphy for the longest. The longest one and maybe a lineman you can keep, but pretty much every other position needs to be like just wiped out and rebuilt from because that offense is just a disaster. And I would say the play calling is not ideal, but again, I will say under a limited playbook and under the, the circumstances that they're in, I might get why the play calling is the way the play calling is. It's not great, 
but it is that's where the Bills are at. Um, a point was made that about the about the Forty Nineers quarterback on for the Thursday night game that he scored as many touchdowns as the Bills have all season. It, it's a sad reality of life when that's the case that the Bill or, or he has scored as many passing de- touchdowns as all Buffalo has this season. So that's that is just sad on the Bills roster. They need to go into Chicago. At this point, I'll say this. As a Bills fan, I hate to admit this. I think the season is done until proven otherwise. I think that's true at this point. I think they're done until they they show otherwise they're not. I still say that they have the Bears game and they have the Jets game. Let's see what they do against those two teams. Let's see how they enter the bye. And then they play... The Bills... Here's the thing. The Bills play... The Bills basically are in a situation where they play the Bears. Uh, they can go into uh, Thanksgiving Day week, uh, Thanksgiving weekend against the Jaguars, and beat them, or and basically put themselves in the situation to go five and six. Will reinstate Buffalo back in it because then they, because then they have the Dolphins, Jets, Lions, and Dolphins again. That is like listen. In any other season, if Buffalo, if there was, if there was any like tough teams on that schedule, they were they'd be pretty much done. But there's a lot of beatable teams on the remaining list of rosters, even for Buffalo's defense, because because they're not playing anyone that's threatening except maybe Trubisky this week and Brady uh, uh, on Christmas on the Christmas weekend. That's it. That's it. Every other quarterback on this roster has got serious. Uh, op- every other team's got serious offensive issues. That the defense can just easily exploit, and the uh, the defenses on some of these just teams are just not that good. Jack Jaguars, you can argue, um, might make their lives a little bit nightmarish, but the Jets and Dolphins and Lions can be run over. They can be so run over. That that could be five wins for Buffalo. As much as right now they're the third selection, this is a team that theoretically can get back in it with some wins and some divisional wins. I'm not saying they're any much of a playoff team, but I'm just at this point in time there there's just not much. But I always see, but I I would not see see say that there are uh, a complete run out of them would be out of the question. But they're pretty much done otherwise speaking. Right now they have like ninety from a technical standpoint they have a ninety seven percent chance of missing the playoffs from a mathematical standpoint on the side I'm on. Fine, I mean, but the but the team in the sixth spot is only only two games ahead, two and a half games ahead. And and some of these schedulers are just worse towards the end. I mean, some of these guys are playing five and two, six and one teams, and Buffalo is going against once they play they play a a, a four and three teams. Like honest to God, their schedule besides the Patriots games are against teams who are four and three or three and five pretty much the rest of the way. Like they're they're middle of the road teams that. I'm not sure how strong they're going to be to win the games, and I'm not sure how they're going to pull things out. So, Buffalo has an easier slate going forward. And, I mean, listen, you could say the Texans and Colts were opportunities, but the Texans and the Colts are teams on the rise. They're playing a lot of teams that are on a fall, that they're, that they're trending downwards, that they're trending towards higher draft slots. And the Bills' defense could make a statement against these teams. I will say that... Um, Again, that's not always a, a guarantee by any means that they're going to be able to pull things out, because uh, it's just it's just like two and six is just hard to come back from in any scenario. And I'm not going to say otherwise speaking. And I'll even say if they lose again, that's a problem. 
Like the the the, the scenario of them making nine and seven work is, it's not great. It's doable, but it's not great. They can pretty much, with all realistic purposes, Buffalo can lose one more game to have any real shot left. They can lose one game and they have a whole half of the season going. From a pure number standpoint, it's not good. But you look at the roster left, it's not every team, even with the questionable offensive play, is beatable. Even they would have to pull a shocker over the Bears. They could afford to lose to the Patriots again and still go 4 2 in the division and beat the Jaguars and beat the Dolphins and Jets both times and beat the Lions. It's doable. It is very doable because that can make up a lot of ground. But we'll see. That that's just that's the case we're seeing with them. Now, I've talked about a lot of teams and a lot of games. I do want to get into one more game from this week into week nine. Which is right now uh, the Raiders 49ers game. And I also do want to mention the Bills Bears game, by the way, is at home for Buffalo. So, you know what? Chicago's fine, but they've shown some. I mean, the. I mean, I'll, I'll go into it. You know what? This is not that podcast. I'll do I'll do the picks podcast. I'll explain it in the picks podcast. But, um, yeah. But we'll go into the Raiders uh, 49ers game. Raiders, find a way to lose. Uh, 3-34 against the 49ers. Now, the 49ers did not start C.J. Bethard. C.J. Bethard had trouble gripping the football. They put Nick Mullins in. Nick Mullins. I do want to talk about his stat line because this is interesting. Nick Mullins... Um, I do want to go into a little bit of Nick Mullins' history because I, I I don't even fully I don't even fully understand his history a little bit um, because if I'm not mistaken about Nick Mullins, he was an undrafted free agent and this guy just he just came out of nowhere. I mean, Nick Mullins uh, he he went undrafted during. Last year's draft, not this upcoming draft, the last year's, or uh, not the 2018 draft, the previous 2017's draft. Um, he was undrafted for uh, the 2017. He was waived and then signed to the practice squad. And then he he survived, He signed a futures contract with them after the practice squad. And then he he, he was only promoted to the active roster because uh, Garoppolo got hurt. Again, the 49ers has already made a big commitment to Jimmy Garoppolo. He has no long-term future in... Uh, in San Francisco. So he had a day. He went 16 for 22, 262 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions against the Raiders, and he had a passer rating of 151.9, which is the highest since 1970 for a quarterback with at least 20 passing attempts in a debut. For an undrafted free agent, who I would say I would I would almost call him a rookie because he was he was basically redshirted during his rookie year, so he's a he technically he's a sophomore but he really is a rookie. He's three. He has done better than every quarterback right now who is currently uh, every rookie starting rookie quarterback right now this season. He's doing better than Allen. He's doing better than May, he did better than Mayfield realistically. Darnold, Rosen, now. Is this, a, is this a fluke because you're playing against the Ravens? Is he a one-hit wonder? Or is this guy potentially a quarterback option? Now, again, like I said, the 49ers have a couple things that we should know about the 49ers. One, this guy is currently... Yes, I think he will start next week. This is probably going to be an audition for him. I don't think C.J. Bethard is going to start because you can't make that argument right now. 
for team losing games, for team losing games, I don't think you can make that argument that you can restart CJ Beathard after that because uh, Nick Mullins gives you a chance to win. And granted, you might not necessarily want to win. Nick Mullins does give you that chance to look good and give himself an audition. And honestly, it's even without that, you still might be in your best interest to make to get trade bait here. Because remember how I said like guys like Derek Carr, Eli Manning, uh, James Winston basically have um, almost no future, and even Joe Flacco. Although Joe Flacco's case is interesting because you got you also do have Lamar Jackson, but the other three teams don't really have strong uh, options at quarterback. I mean, even I mean a great example is uh, the uh, a great example of the circumstance is the this is not convincing. I'm trying to remember the team that's not the Raiders. A great example of the situation is the uh, the Giants because of uh, their backup quarterback was just arrested uh, this week, earlier this week. The guy that was supposed to be Eli Manning, uh, current, who's currently the Eli Manning successor on the roster right now, which we're not calling him the Eli Manning successor. Uh, the guy that people have been pushing to start over Eli Manning, though, right now, got arrested this week. And he wasn't really drafted hot high. So... Not to say that should be the only factor. I'm not saying that getting arrested at any draft position is good or is excusable. I'm just saying that this guy didn't really have a long leash to begin with. Um, he didn't have that many expectations to begin with. He's a quarterback, but other than that, not much else. So Nick Mullins has the opportunity to audition and basically give the 49ers a chance to up his trade stock. Now, obviously, we just passed the trade deadline, but the 49ers are going to be able to trade him in January. And you might be thinking, why, wait, why? if he's doing well, why didn't they start him? Well, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't give him a reason to not continue that path. He was doing extremely well under the previous uh, regime. He went 5-0 and in, in the previous year and then did fine this year until he got hurt. And he was clearly willing to make an effort to win the game. He got hurt with an ACL injury, and he's still getting paid $130 plus million right now. There is no serious reason to say, okay, we should abandon the $130 million man after one season. That just seems just wasteful. It seems like a bad idea because it is. So, so with the 49ers now, uh, you're looking at Nick Mullins' as trade bait because you can use Nick Mullins. And yeah, he could be a long-term backup for Jimmy Garoppolo, but if he's playing really well, Hey, look at the Buccaneers. They might be willing to give you a first-round pick for a guy who might be Jameis Winston's replacement. Maybe not even a stopgap. That guy's young. This guy can be your future starter. I mean, this is a guy who, if he can have a Jimmy Garoppolo-like run, they can use as a guy who could they can trade with at this point. So let's so we'll keep an eye on that. Nick Mullins is definitely someone we've got to keep an eye on going forward. Um, I do want to quickly uh, end this podcast on kind of a summer note. Uh, before I, uh, I, I'll refer to the close for a second. First of all, I'm going to post the Pigs podcast later this uh, weekend. Uh, follow me on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Um, I don't know if there might be videos coming out or anytime soon or not. I'm working through details of trying to fix things and trying to improve things in the future. So, uh, keep your, keep posted on that. I'll keep you guys posted. Uh, when I have, uh, more news or more of an update, I will have an update. I hope by the end of the season I'll have an update on where I'm going with this or where, what I'm planning on doing or what I'm looking to do towards next season. But anyways, uh, I do want to end this podcast on a summer note. Um, I do wish, uh, as a Jew, I do want to kind of give my condolences to uh, the synagogue in, uh, in 
Pittsburgh that was shot up. Um, that was kind of an act of hate. Um, we all stand together. We all stand with Pittsburgh. We um, and we talk about we kind of talk about race and how and and gun control and all these other big issues of the world. And I don't normally like to bring up these kind of sad issues on 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 our brand, but I do want to uh, reemphasize that um, hate in this world. We need to be more empathetic towards hate. We need to try to be more um, empathetic and understanding towards the other side. Um, and I'm not trying to say this is like I stand by the shooters like me is no, but I feel like we we do a lot of screaming against the society, and sometimes screaming gets us nowhere. Screaming makes feel good, but screaming gets us nowhere. Screaming is one of those things that it sounds great. It sounds like a great thing, and honestly, it shows our support. And it's nice to show our support for the victims, and I and I absolutely do show my condolences. But we really need to look into why people are doing this, and we need to make sincere efforts to fix it. And oh my God, it's tough. It's a tough video. It's tough to to show to, to understand and realize hate in the world, but it it's there. It is there, and uh, and um, we got to use this as an act of strength. We got to use this as an act to keep moving forward. And um, again, I know I talk about empathetic. I, it doesn't mean we we let things like this slide. By no means, I'm saying let these things slide. Let, let we need to show our we need to show there are consequences and wrath to this. But we also need to to really. And we also got to make a better effort to sh be more welcoming to some of the other races and uh, races, religions, cultures, basically the melting pot that is America. We need to make a better effort towards that. As Americans, we need to be more understanding. We need to be, we got to make it very clear that what you can't control should not define what happens to you. I think we've got to make that very clear. And sometimes we, I feel like the current administration doesn't like that sometimes. Um, this is, uh, Tuesday is a big moment to really show that, to really understand that, and send a message not to not to be anti-Republican by any means, but this is a good opportunity to send a message to, I to send a message to the Republican Party and say, the to show no whole heart and to show no caring for the people that are hurting, and to just just feel like you could say what you want, isn't working anymore. It doesn't work for us. It doesn't work for the people. We are not going to approve uh, your statements and your sorrows with, and we're not going to dignify it with, we're going to still give you power. There are consequences for your actions. We're not going to give you as much control as we did last time. They're still going to have the presidency. They're going to probably still have the Senate. But, we are gonna, but I think it's time for the Democrats to take the House, try to block them up a little bit, and just basically send a message of, hey, we exist Listen to the other side because if otherwise you're gonna get nothing done, and you don't want it. You don't want 2020 to be worse than it's gonna be. So, vote on vote for who you but vote who you're passionate about. Don't feel pressure to vote for either side from anyone. As much as I did say, kind of, we, I'm looking to send a. I would say send a message to the GOP side. I will say that go vote. Vote your perspective. Vote your vote your angle. If you have reasons, vote GOP for for whatever reason. If there's serious problems with what the Democrats are saying or 
or, or they way they believe, then vote GOP. This is your voice. This is your message. This is your time to really make it clear to them and that uh, about what your views are and try to get try to basically make your impact on this country, make yourself heard. So vote on November sixth. Uh, please go vote. I, I'll probably remind you in the Picks podcast the same thing. Please go vote. Please go vote. Please go vote. Even if you think it's worthless, please go vote. Um, and uh, and uh, yeah, that's that's just kind of. I I mean I don't really. I'm trying to think of the way to close this. Until next time, uh, rest in peace.